Mr. Environmental's also a, a hunter. It's kind of an interesting combination. I hunt quail, Jeremy. They're overpopulated in this region, and they're decimating the grubworm population. You got a fucking problem with that? Not nearly as much as I do with the uh, attire that you have on, or just your general point of view towards everybody. But let's go kill some birds. I'm psyched. Analysis listeners, I want to welcome back a couple of guys whose brains are operating at 100% because they're on NZT. My buddies from Denver, Colorado, Mike Hammond and Jordan Harris. Say hi to the people. Hey, up. What up, Bob? What up, listeners? Hey, what's happening, man? And uh, we're without uh, Colin Shea today in Royal Oak. He wet his pants at the Grammys. <laughs> unable to be with us today and unable to defend himself on that comment. So... Welcome back, guys. It's an exciting time. Uh, we, we've had this name on the list for a case four for a while, but we're going to be doing a case four today, which we normally do. We profile an actor's career. We do so with a little bit of structure. We talk about our two favorite movies that they've been in, favorite movies or performances, our one least favorite movie or performance they've done, some shout-outs or some names that we left off the list but that we want to throw some love to. Uh, and we're going to today be going through that exercise with an actor, Bradley Cooper. Yes! Bradley, Bradley Cooper. The Bradley. And full disclosure, this was a guy that we were going to do earlier in the year, but I had said, let's hold off because this Star is Born movie that continuously gets shoved in front of my face every single movie trailer I, I, I go to see star is born is in there I, I think people are really into this movie so maybe we should hold off and see that movie first and then make our lists so here we are we've all gone through the process and the exercise i want to kick it over to you guys and see as you guys were making your list what were your first impressions going through this exercise of making a case for Bradley Cooper. So, Mike, you were the guy who originally had looked at the big list that we have of actors and picked this guy out. What were your impressions going through this? Yeah, this one should be good because I think Waiting Until a Star is Born is pretty seminal here. Uh, we'll get into why that is. But for Bradley Cooper, I think we've talked about this for years. I, I don't dislike Bradley Cooper or I, I don't not see the movies he's in, but it's been pretty underwhelming for most of his career that he's been in so many of these movies and it's kind of the same feeling in each movie I get with him, which is like, I see Bradley Cooper playing a character and not the other way around. Okay. And I've always respected him for the, the projects he's done. And we'll go through some of these. We'll go through the filmography of it, but I just never thought it resonated that much really until a star is born, which we'll talk about, but so for him, it's been it's been really hard to put together uh, thoughts on him uh, because his career has been a little weird. The way he kind of came in as a as a comedic relief type guy. I mean, really, he really got famous in Wedding Crashers and uh, Hangover, uh, mm -hmm. and kind of played the same dude in both those movies. And then he went through this weird lull, and then he went through this really impressive run from twenty twelve to twenty fourteen, and then we had a Star Is Born. So it, it, I. I'm not a fan, and I think I'm kind of converted now, and, and, and that's what I learned going through this exercise. Okay, I, I have a lot of thoughts on that as well. I, I'd like to hear what Jordan has to say before I, I, I give my spiel. So, Jordan, what were your first impressions going through the exercise? Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. This fucking guy, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's unbelievable, man. He this guy is such an overachiever. It's ridiculous, and I mean that as like an absolute uh, compliment. Compliment. And I'm, I'm okay. actually because right, right. it sounds and, backhanded right now, but I don't, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Continue. right. It's it's shade, but it's uh, it's I'm it comes from a place of jealousy for me because this guy really has no business, I think, achieving all that he's achieved. Uh, to Mike's point, you know where he started out and who he was and. You know, he was you know, 30-something, I think, 30 years old when he got, you know, his first role in uh, Wedding Crashers, his first main role in Wedding Crashers. And, yeah, like Mike was saying, you see that and you don't think that, oh, this guy is going to be directing and uh, starring in movies and have three, soon to be four, Academy Award nominations under his belt for Best Actor. Um, so what he's been able to do uh, with what, you know, my initial expectations of him were has been pretty... Uh, incredible but I mean not even just acting directing overachieving this guy was was sexiest man alive are you fucking kidding me you know who, <laughs> you know who hasn't been sexiest man alive Leonardo DiCaprio okay Jake Jake Gyllenhaal everybody Ryan, Ryan Gosling fucking wow. Captain America Chris Evans Will Smith well you telling me Bradley Cooper's better looking dude than those guys I don't think he is but hey I don't vote in the award he he just man he uh he's you know, I he's I guess he's a hard worker, right? He must be. He's uh, he's and he's really achieved a lot, uh, you know, with with what he's got. So and he's worked uh, with some of some top directors in Hollywood, and a lot of people and a, and a lot of old vets, including De Niro, really love his work and have seen a lot of potential in him for a long time. I I had the same feelings that you guys had to some degree as his role was developing or as his place in Hollywood was developing. And I just had a hard time buying into the hype right away. And I think a lot of it was because he was in some really good movies, but I preferred other performances to his in those certain type of movies. And I also just didn't really see why everyone was so crazy about Silver Linings Playbook. So I I was kind of against stream in that and and, and I, I kind of was digging my heels in it's like what's the big deal with this guy but upon re-watching these movies i definitely was off the mark in some of those that where my place was in 2012 2013 and i i think he's a phenomenal performer and he's very versatile but he, he breaks in with comedy and it really let me take it back a second He's kind of reminds me a little bit as a person of kind of a Natalie Portman. You know, he he speaks fluent French. He graduated with with honors from Georgetown with a writing degree, goes to the actor studio, blows that away, basically can't even make his own graduation because he's getting plucked for movies instantly. He's a guy with with a with a ton of skill, very intelligent dude. Um, and he's also a, a guy kind of born from the theater. He still does Broadway. He was nominated for a 2014 Tony for Elephant Man. And I don't know why it took me so long to come around to on him, but I really, this, this run that he goes on from 2012 to now, it's, it's pretty incredible. Have you guys looked at this filmography? Oh yeah. I mean, specifically 2012 through 2014. Yeah, so it starts with Place Beyond the Pines is where I think people started to go, oh, this guy isn't just one of the clowns from The Hangover, but he has some some dramatic chops. And then he does Silver Linings Playbook nominated. Uh, does Hangover Part 3. Okay. But then 2013, American Hustle, Guardians of the Galaxy is this huge hit. He does American Sniper nominated again. 
uh, and then you know, and then into now he's been in uh, one of the huge hits this year, which is Star is Born. And I also think of the last ten years, he has two uh, on-screen relationships that I think are some of the most popular and the most bought into from America, which is his relationship with Jennifer Lawrence and Silver Linings Playbook, and now his relationship with Gaga and Star is Born. Can you think of two kind of romances that have hit harder than those movies over the last 10 years? Well, him and, him and Jennifer Lawrence did two or three movies together, I believe. Enjoy, so right? they, they had some, uh, yeah, and Serena, I think, was another one that they were both in. So they had some, I guess, uh, connection there that people bought into uh, in terms of their on-screen chemistry. Mm-hmm. I don't I With Gaga, I mean... It worked in that movie. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I guess I just think in terms of people responding to it, almost like a, you got to see this movie, you got to see this movie, and it's the the movie is really built around the strength of a relationship in a romantic sense. I think those two, I can't really think of anyone that's in that same league, and, and both of them involve Bradley Cooper. So I think that's very interesting as well. Uh, real quick into some of his statistics, I guess we'll call them, but he has 15% uh, certifiably fresh movies on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 15 rotten, so he's right at 50%. He's been nominated three times uh, in, in consecutive years, essentially, but for Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, and American Sniper, that was 13, 14, 15. I'd be very surprised if he's not nominated again for Star is Born for both writing and directing so that might get him six nominations in a very early part of his career and i don't think there's a lot of people that are touching that type of success so a really really bizarre career like you said because it starts from a place of jerky fiance in wedding crashers and then jerky buddy in the hangover and and now here we are so with that said, let's get into some of our lists. We'll start with you, Mike, because you were the guy who was really uh, campaigning for a Bradley Cooper chop. What was what was your first movie, your first favorite movie that you want to talk about? Well, ironically, it was A Star is Born, which was your okay. recommendation to wait, and I didn't even agree with that because I thought that movie was going to be a train wreck based on just, again, our thoughts on Cooper. I'm like, I like Lady Gaga, but I don't really know how this is going to work. Bradley Cooper's really going to sing for a whole movie? Is this country? What is going on here? And can you think of a more shocking movie in the last, I don't know, five years from trailer to movie experience than than this movie? I I really couldn't believe it. Um, You touched on it earlier, the love story element of it. It's not nearly the same kind of movie, but there is a Titanic-y level to it where it's this sort of love story that like men can go see and women can go see and there's kind of two storylines to it. And the guy directed it, man, which is insane. I just can't. Yeah, I cannot believe Incredibly ambitious that. project. Incredibly and I don't know ambitious. what's. I don't know what's better, his acting or the directing. The, the directing in that movie is amazing. The way they shoot all those live concert scenes. Uh, there really is like long extended music videos. Again, Cooper actually performing, and he's totally believable. Like I said in the beginning, I've had just too many times, and we'll talk about these other movies, but where it's like, oh, that's Bradley Cooper with curly hair. Oh, that's Bradley Cooper, and you know he's supposed to be like really, you know, have mental health problems. I just I just see Bradley Cooper in every role, and I think if we really are honest, right, they're really great actors. I feel 
Um, and this isn't fair to compare him to people like this necessarily, but like, you know, when you watch Daniel Day-Lewis, even Leo, even Christian Bale, it's like, Everybody you just, you see that character, right? That they're playing. I don't see the person. And this is the first movie where I think he killed that, where I was like, I'm watching a story about an alcoholic guy who has all these demons, all these substance abuse problems, but is like a good dude. And it's like a struggle and you care about his character. I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, the Grammy scene on stage is, that, that's a brutal scene. And when I was in the movie theater watching it, people were like audibly gasping during that scene. The girl next to me was like, oh my God. Like people were really like that. And then, you know, there's the, there's the dice scene where he's like screaming at him saying, you know, you ruined this moment for my daughter. And I, yeah. out of all the movies I've seen, that was like, oh man, like I actually felt really bad. Uh, for him in that instance, whereas these other movies, I just don't have that kind of connection to him. So I, I thought he killed it on that part. And then the other part of it is he's had personal problems with this. Uh, he's been sober since he was 29, and I guess he had a bunch of issues. And for him to direct a movie and to frame it around music, but really make it about that addictive experience and what that does to like the collateral damage of yourself and other people, I thought was really clever. Even though it's sort of a remake, it's it's just really well done. I mean, it's, you can't say it isn't good. And for a movie yeah. that's on its fourth remake, it's not one that I was familiar with at all. I didn't know the story. Me neither. Um, I didn't even know there were previous versions or that it was a remake until uh, this movie was coming out and I kept hearing that. Um, so I can't even compare it to the, the previous ones, but I have to imagine it's the best version of the three or yeah. four that have come out because it was, it was really well done. Uh, the only thing that I'll add, and I expect this movie to do really well this award season and deservingly so i did think it kind of dragged a little bit in the middle yeah that's and why i would say mike to your point whether it's writing or directing i think his or excuse me acting or directing i think acting outperforms the directing because there are some pacing issues with it and i think things Fair. story-wise happen somewhat arbitrarily that threw me off a little towards the end of the movie especially the wedding sequence and into their their married life i thought that all kind of after he hangs out with chappelle i thought that was a very weird 15 minutes of the movie so yeah i agree with you there's actually a few weird things i think lady gaga punching a cop is kind of a weird decision <laughs> i think some of the scenes are awkward and it it almost doesn't matter though right honestly for the whole movie the sum of its parts it can kind of get through that stuff i think it's a testament to still the way he he directed it. I do agree. If you're going to pick between the two, I think you're probably right. Acting is the one to highlight more than directing. I would argue that the movie ends up working so well because of how he closes it out and how it ends. And mm -hmm. again, I didn't know the story, but again, spoiler alert, Bradley Cooper has to die in that movie and he has to die or it doesn't make sense in that really. way. Otherwise, it's just a music video for two hours long that's kind of a cute romantic movie. Yeah, but the movie is building towards something bad. You know yeah. this isn't going to work. You, from the yeah. very beginning of the movie, this this couple's not going to work. You can't have two super mega stars. One that's got this crazy addiction. Yeah. Another one that's just trying to be famous, and it's just it's not going to work. And everyone's on that ride, and you kind of know where this is going. Yeah, uh, I, I, it was until I kind of saw what was happening at the end, and this was you know very near the end of the movie. I had the thought in the theater like this movie's fine, but I think people like this for the the American Idol aspect of it. And then when the ending happens it's like oh no shit this movie's sending a message about something much much more than you know a romantic uh drama so it really helped pull the whole thing together and uh, i put do think the movie in perspective i do think there's some slick 
directing moves that he makes. I got goosebumps very early in the movie when she's going to that cabaret theater and she starts singing in that alley, and then the the music, or the excuse me, the title cards roll up, and that big Star Is Born comes up, and it's it's kind of classic and and very interesting looking. And then I mentioned this on the podcast when we when we reviewed the movie me and Hayes, but I really liked the way they shot the perspective from the the concerts and really gave you what it would be like to be in those in those concerts from the stage. So you really you got you got a, an opportunity to see what it looks like as a performer from that perspective and it and it amplified how scary it was for her to get out there in those first moments. I think a, a lot of the scenes and you could tell that it's directed by an actor and the scenes are very actor friendly and you could it, it, they seem very lived in to where the actors had a really good understanding but they were able to kind of play around and maybe ad lib a little bit especially the the Dave Chappelle scene is is what comes to mind but they, it, a lot of the performances seem very natural to where they were able to play around and, and, and have an actor kind of in the moment and in understanding of of the scene and, and and I think it really helped with the authenticity of the movie and finally I really liked how the the stance it takes on what celebrity and, and becoming successful does to the voice of the artist and I think that going through the journey and watching her as a, as a performer get manipulated into some sort of package it's not necessarily a, a new take but I, I think was very effectively done in the movie mm-hmm I agree. The thing I'll add this, just lastly on my perspective is, I think the two things that it also accomplished for me with just Cooper's career going forward, has he played an instrument or sang or done anything in any other movie? He hasn't, right? No. It, okay. He learned how to play the guitar by hanging oh. out with Willie Nelson, and he came over and essentially, okay. that's, why the, that's why the project is so damn ambitious, right. because he had to te- learn how to play that music, and he, he does it very convincingly. And this is why I think this movie really ties his career together. Before, I wasn't like, oh, Cooper has a movie coming out. I'm going to see it. I really want to know what he directs next now. I want to see the next thing he does. If he can do this, he can teach himself how to look like he can play the guitar like a rock star and sing and pull this all together. It's like, man, I, like, I'm more excited now to see what he does. And I think that's why this movie is so important for him, at least for me, following his career. That's why I'm waiting to do the podcast. This, this would have been a totally different podcast if we did this before that movie. I would have had a totally different opinion on the guy. Exactly. Cool. Nice take. Nice take. Uh, Jordan, what was your favorite movie uh, first on your list when going through the exercise? Yeah, my favorite movie of Coops is the aforementioned uh, Silver Linings Playbook. And part of that is because it was really the first time um, that I remember seeing him and being like, man, this guy just put together a really good performance. And and I was surprised, frankly. Uh, <laughs> that you know he, he had that in him you know based on the things you know all the, all the things we were saying earlier um and he's still kind of doing that that cooper shtick that you guys talked about where he does this i'm an angry guy pent up rage yell 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 but slips in some comedy which i think mm-hmm. is a actually a really tough thing to do to be kind of funny and angry and uh in this movie mental illness all at the same time and he does a really believable job of it uh, and it, it's it's fantastic, and you know he's funny, um, and that, and it's a shtick, but he really kind of you know found it with this one and, and pulled it all together, and um, yeah, I, I thought it was a really enjoyable movie and one that you know 
I wish more romantic comedies were like this one, where it was a combination of funny, heartfelt, and a quality movie. Not the, the typical lighthearted rom-coms that you just, you know, watch and forget about. Um, so, yeah. This movie was, was a crossroads for me because I found myself debating a lot against it despite me liking the movie because it got so much acclaim. And to me, it's a nice movie. It's a good movie. But it was nominated for every big ticket category. People just swore up and down with it. And I think it, it they took it too seriously. And I think the movie at times takes itself too seriously. Because if you strip away the the bipolar piece of this and a little bit of the, the OCD element that his dad has, if you look at just the plot elements itself, it's, it's a paint-by-numbers comedy guy has a breakup trying to win his wife back meets other woman there's you know this kind of almost blackmail wrinkle thrown into it where i'll give the letter if you and then at the end it's solved with some sort of ridiculous parlay bet for his dad and then it, it you know cut to cheesy snuggling on the couch i'm taking my medication now but love love conquers all and i'm on the the path to recovery here i, I just it, it's it's a better than average date movie and when you drop the veil in of the the mental disorder people started to take it a lot more seriously than than i necessarily did because i thought the movie is just kind of a, a romantic dramedy and i was like what is the big deal why are people freaking out about this so i ended up kind of although liking the movie I was I was constantly debating that, and maybe I'm right or maybe you know I'm wrong to, to have that affect my perception of the movie. But that's where I was. Mike, do you, do you kind of how do you feel about that? Yeah, so I feel the exact same way, which is really unfair to Cooper in this movie. I think you I can agree. say he did a good job, and there was a little bit too much made of the movie. I was one of those people that didn't see it when it first came out, so I heard all of this you know crazy feedback, and everyone loved it so much. And then I saw it, and I felt similar to the way you felt. But the main problem I have with the movie, and it's difficult to have this commentary because I obviously I don't know anybody that's bipolar to that degree, and I don't haven't been around people like that, so I don't have like an education level to say either way. But there's a lot of scenes that are like go to a ten, way too much. I think there's like the diner scene. Every well, I think scene that's is, what bipolar is, though. I get, I, I understand, but it's like almost every there's there's probably six scenes in that movie six or seven scenes where they meet up together and then things explode and then it's them chasing after each other being like you're crazy i'm crazy we're cra like it's just it's too much about that i think um and i know that that's a difficult commentary to make because that's the point of the movie but i the movie kind of thins out a bit when you get de niro's parlay betting thing in the third act and the dancing but for the first two acts of that movie it's just a lot of the same scenes in my opinion it's a lot of the same sort of well, build up and I just, I, it, it's a bit much, I think, at times. There's, okay. there's parts of it that I like that the, I think it does a good job of showing the, the, the supporting characters around them all have their own issues. And it, it kind of says, hey, everyone's a little bit nuts. And David O. Russell likes to make movies where people are kind of crazy. If you look at most of his movies, there's a lot of crazy people in them, for lack of a better term. 
but I, I, you know, and I, and I did relate a lot to Robert De Niro and the OCD with the juju. And when, when that, when I was rewatching that again, I'm like, shit, I do that. And, and it, it allows you to kind of reflect and say, oh, I know someone that might be a little bit bipolar. I think we all have a friend who we might be able to diagnose in to, to some degree with a level of bipolar. I, I think there's really nice elements to it. Right, Jordan, you were going to say? Yeah. So, okay. So awards, deservingness of awards aside, um, and I don't know if, do you know off the top of your head if it actually won any of those or if it was just nominated? I think it was nominated for a lot. Jennifer Lawrence like won things. for best. Jennifer Lawrence won for best actress. So it was nominated a lot, but it didn't exactly clean up on the awards. And whether you think that's, uh, you know, it making the film overrated or not, I'll say. Dude, if, it was the first movie to have all have a character nominated in every single acting category in like forty years. I guess it was a pretty. Wow, in, really? in terms of what it was nominated for, it was pretty significant in terms of the acclaim. Okay, like but it, putting that aside, um, judging the film on the film itself, if, and this is kind of my point earlier, if every romantic comedy was more like this movie, we would have way more better movies out there. Totally agree. That's totally and, agree. And, you know, I found, and I saw this movie in the theaters, so this was before it was nominated for everything, and I went into it not having much of a thought about it and kind of, and expectations are everything, right? We talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. And came out thinking like, that was a really good, really fun movie that I enjoyed the characters, I bought into it. Um, and these are characters that I have no business relating to, right? I, I have no experience with mental illness. You know, they're in, he's in, Bradley Cooper's in a failed marriage. And still the relationship that they had and the character that specifically him, uh, that he was able to create, is one that I found really believable and really likable even. And I just thought that was a, you know, a, a testament to Bradley Cooper um, and, you know, a reason that this movie worked as well as it did. His character is really well done, but I also think he is really the only character with a, with a lot of layers. A lot of these characters are, are very one note to me. I also had some some issues with Jennifer Lawrence, and I know this isn't the Jennifer Lawrence podcast, oh, but yeah. I... Mm-hmm. I I almost kind of think about it as like, you know, in the, in the movie, the black Swan, where it's like, she needs to play two different types of characters. She needs to play the sweet and the innocent, but the, the dangerous and the evil. I think Jennifer Lawrence's character needs to be dangerous, right? He's on this path where he's trying to this, this personal recovery and he's trying to prove to his wife. And here comes this woman who's kind of forced into his life. And, and it's frightening to him because she's so out of control and so dangerous and, but he has to to deal with her. But I really, I think she's very good in some of the romantic moments, and I think Jennifer Lawrence is a great actress. I just found it very artificial, the the moments where she was kind of challenging him, and and was supposed to be like the the, the scene that comes to mind is when she's like, "I'm dirty and I'm dangerous and I'm sexy right. and I'm this filth and it frightens you and it freaks you out." And it's like I don't. I don't really get that sense from you at all. <laughs> you know, well, besides well, you're well, saying yeah, the yeah, words, yeah. And, I don't and, I don't feel it from you. And look, man, I don't think people talk like that. <laughs> I get it. Like she okay, so she's these people have mental health problems, I understand, but it's like there's some dialogue in that movie that's just way over the top in my opinion. The scenes are just way they're just like way up there. And like the first time they meet, they bail on dinner in like five minutes and they have these really aggressive conversations. Like I I don't know. I just don't see that being like a real believable situation necessarily. And again, I don't know how people like that interact, but it just seems like very ratcheted up to 
make that be the point of the movie when I wish they would have just softened that a little bit. And maybe that's what making Jennifer Lawrence not is like direct in the, th- in the stuff that she's saying, like you said. But I, I, will, I think she pulls it together in this movie where her performance gets better as the movie yes. goes on and by the mm-hmm. end it really connects and it really works. But she struggled early on to create that quirky, troubled character, almost you know likable but crazy. Mm-hmm. And she kind of, I think, struggled with that a little bit. But to your point, Bob, once it got to the end, uh, she's very the last, good. Yeah, the last uh, the dance scene and leading yes. up to that, she was she really pulled it together, and I thought it was pretty powerful at the end. And there's also some talented really, actress. And there's also some really good stuff with her reacting to Bradley Cooper reacting to stuff. Some really good scenes of that too. I thought she did good, and I just. I just think the structure of the movie is more of kind of my problem, not the performances, yeah. which again it's, is unfair. It's a romantic comedy that the stakes are raised slightly by bipolar disorder. It, but it's still pretty much a paint-by-numbers romantic comedy in in mm-hmm. my humble. I also just really quick want to give a shout-out to Chris Tucker, who is awesome <laughs> in the movie. I love Chris Tucker in this movie. We need to see more Chris Tucker. Totally so. agree. All right, well, um, my first one on my list in terms of favorite Bradley Cooper is also Star is Born. If you guys want to hear a lot of my takes on it, his relationship with Gaga, his relationship with his brother. I I recorded that um, back a few months ago when the movie came out in in my review, so go listen to that. But my, uh, my second favorite Bradley Cooper movie was American Hustle. And I had mentioned that you know, David O. Russell does like to write about kind of crazy people, but I'll be honest with you guys, I'm a sucker for a con man movie, and I think that con man movies have always really been fascinating to me because of, you know, they're just, they're something that about the, the world of having to bullshit your way through life and scamming on people and and kind of the, the tricks that you're able to play with the plot, I always just love those kind of movies and i think that originally i was i was fascinated with what bale was doing and you know the whole body transformation and and i think christian bale is just a fantastic actor but even cooper i think he's perfect for his character and little note uh, was that originally um uh cooper was supposed to play his character but then christian bale bailed no pun intended, and they had to, uh, they they actually moved Cooper up to play Christian Bale's part, and then they brought in Renner to play Cooper's part, and then um, Christian Bale came back onto the project, so they slid Cooper back to the FBI agent and then made the the Polito, Carmine Polito politician character for Renner. So there was a a lot of role switching, but it would have been interesting to see Bradley Cooper as as, as the con man. But it it really is just a a, a pretty complicated plot, but I think they pull it off in in a really great way, because it's it's con men being forced to con other con men by the FBI who's conning them and trying to get them on a wire conning people. And then, you know, the old switcheroo happens. So it's a complicated plot, but you're able to follow it in in a, an easy way. I think it's hilarious. I think Cooper is different almost scene to scene. And the mix of kind of cool guy lax, but then snaps into rage. And we've, we've mentioned he does that really well. I think it fits the character. I yeah. really enjoy the watch. I do think it's you know him doing that same shtick again, which works, yeah. and he does it really well. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's the it same really thing. Broke. Um, the, the As reason a movie, I had, though, I enjoy it. 
Yeah, it's, it right. was definitely a, a, really a, like a likable movie. I enjoyed it. The, the reason it was hard for me to move this up on my list is because I did feel like Christian Bale did so much more 100%. with so much less, where yeah. Cooper's, you know, it's, it is part of his character, but he's overacting and he's going nuts and he's screaming and he's punching people and he's doing all this stuff. And Christian Bale is really subtle and just fantastic. Yeah. And, and I couldn't help but see that the whole movie when I was trying to rewatch it from a perspective of... Uh, evaluating Cooper. I totally agree. Again, not not super fair to Cooper, but Bale's in that movie, man, and mm-hmm. he's amazing. That guy is unbelievable. He gained all that weight. He's in terror approach. I think Amy Adams in general is better than Jennifer Lawrence. Different discussion, but to have all four of those people in a movie, I think Adams and Bale are in their own category, and you have Cooper and Lawrence that are sort of doing a lot of server linings playbook stuff. It's not... Like, Jennifer Lawrence is pretty similar, I think. She has some, like, meltdown scenes. And that's the difficulty for me. But I like the movie. I think Cooper does a good job. It's not his fault that Bale's in it. Yeah, Bale Bale is amazing. And we'll definitely have you guys on for when we do the case for Christian Bale. That'll be a great conversation. But he's really great at walking that subtle line where you can have kind of flashy character choices. But it's, it's definitely not cartoony and it's believable. And so that's why, back to my earlier point where it was like, it was, it was hard for me to do the buy-in because I'm like, yeah, Cooper's in these great movies, but he's not the best part of them. I think this was... There There are a few problems with the movie. I, I think it gets a little overextended in its characters, and it because Jennifer Lawrence was so popular in that moment, it, I, I think her character get, definitely gets way too much screen time. Like, the, the, the whole, like, rocking out and, like, cleaning, and, and it's like, do we really need to see this character right now? She's, well, she's not really yeah. pivotal to support plot. But anyway. There's, there's three arcs in this movie that are really worth caring about, and that's Amy Adams, Bradley Cooper, and Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. And they're both really well-developed, and as a viewer, you're invested. And I would just argue that I was much more invested in Amy Adams and Christian Bale than it was Bradley Cooper. I, I agree. The, 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 but, but as a movie, and this goes back to when you're, when you're picking favorites, do you pick movie or performance? As a movie, this is one of my favorite movies that he's in because the script is so good. And every scene is, is money. Every scene, every word is, is, is carefully considered. You could tell the parts are written for the people. And you listen to every piece because it's really fun to listen to. And I think Cooper provides the, although it's through a weird lens he provides the comic relief in the movie and the stuff he does with louis ck the ice story is Mm -hmm. is awesome (laughs) and then even him beating the shit out of louis ck becomes a a funny moment oddly and it's kind of you feel guilty laughing at a moment like that but you are and i i again it's it's definitely well within his wheelhouse and something that we knew he was good at but i think it fits the story really well so that's why I, I just I'm a sucker for a con movie. And also, David O. Russell seems to have replaced Mark Wahlberg as his boy with Bradley Cooper as his boy. Great choice. And that was a fantastic decision <laughs> yes. by David O. Russell. Massive upgrade. Yeah, yeah. So uh, overall, definitely uh, those are my two. So uh, Hammond, what was your second favorite movie that you came up with on your list? So number two for me, I switched out last night. It was going to be American Sniper, and I replaced Ooh. it with A Place Beyond the Pines because... Why Why did you make that choice? I, well, first of all, I absolutely love this movie, and I want to talk a little bit about what happened with this movie. I don't understand. It, it feels like a, a forgotten movie of the 2000s that's really great, and I don't think a lot of people saw it. And it really, 
didn't get much critical acclaim. I don't I don't think it got nominated for anything, did it? No. I, which is insane to me. I I love this movie. It's super unique. The cast is pretty insane uh, when you look at it. Yeah, um, it's really 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 solid cast. And they I always say his name wrong. It's it's what Mahersha Ali. I always say his I name think wrong. It's Mahershala. Mahersha Ali. Yeah. Would you have figured he would have won an Oscar before Gosling? How crazy is that? That's a good in tw- point. In 2012, he's in the movie for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's crazy. I love Ben Mendelsohn. Obviously, I love Gosling, who I, I think steals the movie, even though he's only in it for like 30 minutes. That's it, the problem. It's the same argument. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> totally agree. Well, um, this is what we were saying. It's like it was hard to be like, oh, like Bradley Cooper, because there's every movie you kind of have another person that's in it that you dig more. But yes, but there's there's three distinct scenes in this movie that are, I, I think, some of his best scenes. The therapist scene when he yeah. starts he has to be honest about the fact that he, he killed somebody in the line of duty who has a son and he has a son and you see that he's never going to be the same after that and it's not he's trying to talking. downplay it yeah yes. and then he has to slowly through their line of questioning more and, of that subconscious comes out and, it, and there's a lot of that in this movie there's a lot of nonverbal stuff where he's just sort of expressing what's happening to him it's like when Ray Liotta is like, hey, follow me, and you think something bad's going to happen, and he's in the car, he's not talking or anything, and he's, like, hyperventilating, he's going to throw up, and you just feel this, like, sense of tension that entire time. And then the scene with his son, who you just want to punch in the face the whole time, like, as they have some <laughs> Yeah, it sucks. And, and he's just, like, threatening his son in this really, like, scary kind of dangerous way, which he hasn't done at all in the movie. It's sort of a seminal moment for his character transforming from this sort of passive person that's just being reactive to everything to taking control of everything and sort of being this kind of chess player on the board and and there's just some really phenomenal scene work even the scene at the end when he's in the woods and you don't want to give it away but yeah that's my favorite scene that's my favorite scene that was actually really emotional yeah and and this is the kind of movie just overall that the movie happened it's like you think about it you think about the movie a little bit i i've probably seen it four or five times i watch it like every year or so it's on netflix now and i miss movies like this i wish there were more of them where it's just a story end to end it doesn't have a neat bow at the end you don't have all the background and all the characters i miss uh, these kind of movies and so yeah. i i love this movie i might be elevating it a little bit too high for cooper specifically but he's so good in it and i didn't really realize it at the time and i feel bad that he was in this movie and it didn't. I don't think it made a ton of money. It didn't get a ton of buzz, really. Yeah, because we he, were too busy slurping Gosling in the moment. Like, right, oh, right. Great. Which is fair. Yeah, which is fair. Yeah. He's incredible. He's he's amazing in the movie. Uh, but and it's another kind of lost role for him. Which I think this is the role where if I would have paid more attention, I would have had more stock in him going forward. I would have had a little more confidence thinking he was going to do better things based off the role. But I just at the time never really put it together. I'm a sucker for a movie that is what I would call it an epic where it tries to tell a story over a long period of time and it encompasses uh, you know different people's lives and uh, it tries to tell a story in a way that's really tough to do on such a large scale and it always creates this feeling in me of that I'm watching something like really important if that makes sense and yeah that's what I appreciated most about this movie is how ambitious it was in the story that it was trying to tell. And it almost makes you feel small a little bit when you're watching it because you really feel like an outsider looking in on other people's lives. And I really enjoyed that about it. Um, and now this is one, to your point, Mike, I didn't I didn't get around to seeing this until we were prepping for this. Oh, really? So, okay. 
Um, it had been on my list forever, but because of the lack of attention that it received, I think I just never got around to it. So um, one that I was definitely uh, pleasantly surprised by. Yeah, you can't really relate this movie to any other film, really. There's there's some elements that are are you've kind of seen maybe from time to time, but it, it I, I really can't relate it in terms of the feeling that I had. And, and I love just the overall message of, people trying to do the right thing or set the set something right but going about it the wrong way and mm-hmm. every character kind of has that element in their their own so I, I i really liked that message and then the way it's shot in derek c in france was the guy who did blue valentine right and you kind of think when you when you're describing it where he's this like motorcycle stunt man and gosling's played a motorcycle stunt man and a car stunt man but he's this motorcycle stunt guy, and it's it's robbing banks. And if, if you describe to someone just the plot, you'd think it's an action movie, but it really is not. It's it's a really powerful drama, and it's a very human drama. And I think, especially towards the, the second half of the film, Bradley Cooper has the entire emotional weight on his shoulder, and it and it's a coming out party. That's why this. That's why this movie specifically to him and to your point, Mike. We should have had more stock when it was right there in front of our face because before that he had done The Hangover in two thousand nine, and then Valentine's Day and All About Steve. All About Steve is his lowest rated movie at six percent. Then Hangover two, and then right there, two thousand twelve is Place Beyond the Pines, and everyone's going, "Oh my gosh, Bradley Cooper can really act!" And it was the it was the first movie where he really shows. Maybe that in Limitless, where he really shows that he has chops beyond just douchey dude. And uh, I think he's really, really, really good in this movie. Wait, so this came out the same year as Silver Linings Playbook. So right, how right. were those released? And Which one was released first? Place Beyond the Pines was first at, at a film festival at TIFF, and then Silver Linings Playbook came out later. And then, yeah, then the run is well, on. And, and, yeah. Right, right, right. And then Silver Linings is a much more digestible movie for the average person, which is what happened. He released yeah, no one like saw that. this. Right, no one saw it, and so it's so shitty that that's what happened. I also want to give this movie a ton of credit for examining some super heavy themes like class and morality and well, power, and it not ages smacking... really well with mm-hmm. unnecessarily unnecessary police shootings. Yeah, well, yeah, right? that, how that... well is that age today? Well, there's kids taking oxycotton, and there's all this stuff that is, you know, uh, these like power dynamics of these kids being left at home and. They're almost adults, but they're teenagers. But there's never this, you know, let's sit down at the table and have this exposition scene where we talk about these weighty themes. They, they just tell you this story, and it has the elements in it, and it's enough to feel those things, but they don't just punch you in the face with it. It's very hard to do that. That's why I miss these kind of movies. There aren't enough of them where they're just telling, like Jordan said, these epic stories, and then you have to really pay attention and probably watch it more than once to really grasp what they're talking about. It's, just, it's excellent. Well, the fact that Gosling's in it and, and also Cooper means that this movie will be on people's radars, so it'll be interesting to see how well it does age because uh, people will come back to it just for the fact that Gosling's in it. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see if it, if it uh, gets more attention over time. Yeah, it had limited release, but it, I mean, I, I, I'd be walk around your circles and see how many people have seen it. I, I doubt hardly any, and don't go into it thinking it's a heist movie because there, there's heist stuff in it, but definitely uh, more drama it, than. Well, and it's really it's it's one epic movie, but it's three different movies within that one. Movie in a very unique format, different tones, different right, styles. Said, no one's really done a movie necessarily like this, where like oh, Gosling's gone. Okay, 
he's not in the movie anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's like, okay, this is Cooper's movie. Wait, is this the kid's movie? What? And it's it's so engaging to have it be set up that way, in my opinion. I thought of Cloud Atlas. Do you guys remember that movie? I Which see it. is, With you know, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, trying to tell branch. an epic story. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. There's not a lot to compare it to. So uh, that always receives plus points for me. Cool. Well, Jordan, now that we're on the topic, what was your second favorite movie? Yeah, I got to go where it all started for, for Bradley, and that's with Wedding Crashers. And we've talked about it. Uh, it's where he found his shtick. That's where he started doing his I'm angry yet funny. <laughs> and, you know, in Wedding Crashers, I mean, it, it's... It, it holds up. It's a comedy. It's it's one of the last really good comedies I think for for us that um, you know I still quote all the time today. It's a Mount Rushmore comedy of our generation. Definitely. Okay. Maybe little preview the, for a, a future segment coming up in Mount Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe even the first that I remember, first buddy comedy. I know Bradley Cooper isn't part of that duo, the, the Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, but kind of the, the you know the pack. two. Yeah, the two dudes that are, you know, best buds hanging out together, like the romantic uh, comedy between the guys. And, but where Bradley Cooper fits in is he's the antagonist in that movie. Yeah, how Lodge. Many, how Nature many, versus Nurture Lodge. Yeah, Sack Lodge. You know, how many, <laughs> how many, how many good comedies have like a really, you know, an antagonist that adds to the film? He's almost a villain. I mean, he's, he's, he's the, the bad comedy guy. Really, yeah, but he's really, great. what is he doing in this that Efron couldn't do? I mean, the, the, his character well, doesn't have a lot of room for layers in the movie, but yeah, he's not like... But everything he did for a while after that was just variations of Sack Lodge in different ways. <laughs> it, was, right. it was Sack Lodge as a spy in American Hustle. That. It was Sack Lodge as a mentally dis- uh, guy with a mental disorder in Silver Linings with just, you know, variations of that same angry guy that has some comedy mixed in with it so half of his scenes in this movie is taking a shit because they put x-lax in his coffee <laughs> it's like he's not like doing a ton but or he's yeah. punching people yeah, or he's yeah. punching people <laughs> he's engaging when he's on screen though he's funny i mean the best part good. of the movie the best part of this movie is him in the football scene and i, I my favorite moment that he does in that movie is when they're setting up to run a play and he's doing some sort of like prance to get into to the defense and he's he's playing defensive lineman in it it's like it's like touch football but he's he's blitzing off the corner and 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 rocking vince vaughn but he does that prance to get into place it's like taking it super seriously like what a fucking douche he's he's good you knew him after this movie you knew him as that guy from the wedding crashers yeah so he he makes himself known yeah yeah which is Kind of a curse for him, I think. I, I a little. I, I don't know, man. It led to so much. Look what he's been able to do with it, right? Like I mentioned before, he turned that into actual real roles mm-hmm. uh, that he, you know, it's, and it's the same. I, I, I would have to imagine that people saw him in that movie, and directors were like, Bradley Cooper would be great to play this sort of angry guy that I, this character that I'm writing. Right. It was probably good for his career. I just mean taking him seriously as an actor after that's tough. I guess because he's just a comedic relief side piece in the movie. And you said it, he was, he, you know, he played a, a funny dickhead of a yeah. dude in The Hangover, and he was known it's as the same character. It's the same, yeah, it's but, the same dude. And that's why I'm saying he's such an overachiever because he's been nominated for Best Actor four times now. That is amazing. I he did you know, American Sniper, which was a, a, a another role that was completely different from his shtick. So he was able to break out of it eventually. But to even be able to do that one thing with variations and make it work and be nominated, I mean. 
like if you're thinking it's the same character, but on one hand you have Sack Lodge, and on the other hand you have got the guy from Silver Linings who's nominated. True. And, and American Hustle. Yeah, I wonder what I wonder what David Orelso saw in that performance that said that's my guy, because clearly American Sniper. I think if you watch Place Beyond the Pines, Clint Eastwood can go, okay, this dude can get me what I need in American Sniper. That's why that movie's critical. I, I really wonder what what was the launching point where David O. Russell taps him? Because that's that's the turning point in his career. That's the watershed. Yeah, he was like... Is when David O. Russell brings him He was on. like, fuck Mark Wahlberg. That guy's out. I'm bringing in Bradley Cooper. So, yeah. So, yeah. Because I think David O. Russell had done three movies with Mark Wahlberg up to that point and none since. Mm. Okay. Cool. Well, we've, we've done everybody's two, so those are all of our roses... Uh, I want to, to to throw a thorn in there. Every rose has a thorn. Every career has a bad movie. Let's go to Mike Hammond. What was your least favorite Bradley Cooper movie? Dude, I watched Aloha this morning after you guys told me to watch it. <laughs> Sorry. Holy shit, man. Oh, my God. I mean, how much time do we have to talk Let's about like this? Keep it to I... five minutes. <laughs> Maybe less. What happened? I, I don't even know where to begin with this. Um... Obviously, Cameron Crowe is of he's incredibly talented. I honestly believe we could write better dialogue in a movie than he wrote in this movie. Yeah. I cannot believe how atrocious the dialogue is. It's hard to believe it even got put on paper, approved, and those people read those lines. Okay, the cast, right? It, so you got Bradley Cooper, Emma Stone, John Krasinski, Rachel McAdam. McAdams. K motherfucking P. Danny McBride. Yeah. K motherfucking P. Danny McBride, yeah. Am I forgetting Bill Murray. here? Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Who, they, who is so not <laughs> oh, funny. so bad in this. <laughs> Written God. and directed by Cameron Crowe, who has done Jerry Maguire, uh, Almost Famous, and one of our Dude, personal our favorites. favorites, Vanilla yep. Sky. Uh, it is the worst movie that all of those individual people have been a part it's of. so bad. Dude, not only that, Bradley no, Cooper's no, no, chemistry no. with Rachel McAdams and... Oh, and Emma Stone is... Terrible. Emma Stone is the, the worst written character in, in forever. Oh my god. She's supposed to be Hawaiian and Chinese. A mix of Hawaiian and Chinese or something well, like that. Yeah, and, and it's a bunch of white people talking about Hawaiian culture. It's just, it's, a tr- it's <laughs> such yeah, an Yeah, he tries to and add then, these these Hawaiian uh, myth- mythology and, 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 and he tries to pack that uh, into the movie. It really just is an example of good directors can make bad movies. You know, and it's just he completely misses in this and and really when they when you have a romantic comedy and the characters don't have chemistry you're you're in for a long ride but for me this is just it's so convoluted it's just a series of scenes kind of randomly monster mashed together and there's like even when you watch the trailer and it's like, like you see bill murray and he's like you know life will steamroll you and he here's this like perspective and I'm going to be kind of this cool billionaire. And then when you see it in the movie, it's just, they're at a bar and then the camera pans to him and some lady you haven't seen all movie. And he just says that randomly. And then that's the end of the scene. Or there's a scene where he's like ordering a drink and she storms up and she's like, I'm so jacked up. And he's like, make that a double or a triple or something. And it's just like, that's the scene. I'm like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) There's just random (laughs) scenes, random cuts that, that have, no flow and, and it makes the movie so convoluted dude the dance scene with bill murray and emma stone is just he's like on the ground bill murray's on the <laughs> with ground like a wreath on his head like a, <laughs> like a wreath yeah. on his head and 
Emma Stone is they're like ripping shots. It's like what is happening? How did this happen? There, there's <laughs> a random scene where John Krasinski like storms out of a house and takes a, a shovel and just like chops off the head of a Santa Claus on the, someone's front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just there's non sequitur <laughs> emotional scenes that yeah. the tones off. The Dude, most... How about the Bradley Cooper two toast? Oh my god! So <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot oh. about that. Audibly laughed out loud. Audibly. <laughs> it's it, it is it's it's incoherent. It's a it's a yeah. mess. And then it, it just tries to be really clever. I had to look up multiple times oh, what was happening in the movie. I'm like, wait, there's so they're launching a, a space. There's a, I... there, oh, there's a missile on it. But uh, what the hell? Is, what what? Are, why are we in this scene? Why is he going to visit this chief yeah. for this blessing? And, and why is it critical to him in this moment? I watched it with Caitlin, and she kept going, am I supposed to know what's happening? And I said, yes, you are, <laughs> but you, we don't know. So that's the problem here. Yeah. the For some reason, the opening credits of that movie played over actual real-life footage of Neil Armstrong uh, you know, before he went to the moon. And that's by far the most redeeming part of the whole movie uh. were, were those opening credits, everything after that. And the movie got continuously worse. It started off bad, and it ended atrocious. It's jaw-droppingly bad. I can't believe this movie hasn't been put on some kind of list. I forgot it even happened. And so you guys I didn't, were talking I about didn't it. even know it existed until I was trying to find the worst movie to talk oh about. God. 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. So actually, some people liked it. I don't Way know. too yeah. high. That that's Who just that? that's just a bump for like that movie? that's a bump for the cast and the director. Jeez, oh, that's critics saying it couldn't have really been as bad as I thought it was. That's my least favorite as well. It's so bad, it's so bad. All right, well that was that's all the time we should have spent on that movie. Uh, Jordan, what was your least favorite? Yeah, I mean Aloha is definitely the worst movie that I think I've ever seen, ever. But Midnight Meat Train is another absolute piece of crap. Okay, I've never seen that, it because it, it actually has it up it's like seventy-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What's what's the issue with it? In in my opinion, it's the worst type of movie. It's filmed specifically for several scenes that are filmed in three D that are featuring uh, gratuitous violence, uh. which is the whole point of the movie is to make scenes that look cool in three D. Apparently. So, especially when you're watching the movie, and you guys know my thoughts on 3D. Right. No movie should be able, no movie should be able to say, or no one should be able to say, "Oh well, you didn't enjoy the movie because you didn't see it in 3D." A movie's got to stand on its own, and this one definitely does it. And it's just, it's random murder scenes that take place on a train for some reason. Uh, true to the, true to the name of the movie, Midnight Meat Train. All the murders happen on a train at night, and this guy shows up and just. Each scene is just a like variation of a gruesome murder where they try to shock shock an audio, okay. and then there's a re- there's a stupid twist at the end of the movie. Um, you know, Bradley Cooper's you know, the main guy; he that's a, that's a leading role for him. So um, the movie just sucks. There's there's no redeeming quality about it. And that looks like it's dead smack in the middle between Wedding Crashers and The Hangover, where he just did a bunch of these, like the comebacks, Older Than America, The Rocker, Midnight Meat Train, yeah. Bang Blowing Stroke. And all if you would have asked me, just crap movies. That's where Bradley Cooper was gonna live out his career. <laughs> that's what I th- that's what we all thought. A- after like you know they tried to make Midnight Meat Train and twenty people turned it down, and Bradley Cooper said yes. Those were the roles that in my mind he was gonna get. So mm-hmm. again, credit to him for totally proving us wrong and and doing some fantastic work. So. Yeah. Uh, Midnight Meat Train is one that you can flush down the toilet. Reminds me when you talk about 3D. There was a, a scene in Eastbound and Down where Stevie wants K motherfucking P to buy a, a 3D TV. Get the Sony. Ooh, I wonder if they have the 3D models here yet. Don't get all excited, dude. 3D's gay. Nobody wants to sit on a couch wearing glasses, popping bubbles out of the air like some sort of fucked up Ray Charles. 
All right. <laughs> oh, you like 3D? Well, here's a burrito coming right at you. Jordan, you're aligned with Cave Motherfucking Pete. Yeah, he was a visionary. Uh, <laughs> here you go. Uh, what a... Uh, so now that we've had the roses and the thorns, let's do some some quick movies that you guys left off your list, but you want to give some shout out or some love to Mike. Let's start with you. We didn't really talk American Sniper. Yeah, that's a good spend movie. A few he did a good there. job, and that's that's probably his most heavy nominated actor movie, I would think. Right, one of the most because a lot of these movies talked about. He's kind of he's not really the main guy in a lot of these movies, to be honest. Yeah, that he owned that movie. He was that's the guy, and it was a different role for him. Yep, and that's um, his Clint Eastwood connection, and I think that's kind of where he got into directing and kind of got that itch. Yeah, well, Clint Eastwood was supposed to direct Star is Born, and he had approached, Bradley Cooper had approached him on this movie, and then obviously it fell apart, but Bradley Cooper decided to take on the project himself. But originally, working with him and American Sniper made him want to do Star is Born. Yeah, and, and American Sniper is a really good movie, and that's one if you're going through the the catalog of Bradley Cooper you gotta check out. Yep. So there's that one and then I think Limitless for what it is is just like a thriller kind of throwaway action throw on if you're bored is... I really like yeah, Limitless. It's, it's a fun movie and the, and they do a good job I, of it. I had never seen it. I had never seen it before we we did the, the research for this podcast. Real quick, I do... I, American Sniper is nice but he's the only good character in it, yeah. it which it's really a movie about that guy but it's, it's very thin and, and I think really made him look like this all-time hero but didn't really tackle a lot of the emotions of ptsd the way it could it kind of played it safe well and but to that still a really good yeah performance. to that point bob so the movie was being filmed before the real life guy that it was based off of had been killed really yeah so he okay. got he got murdered so the, the obviously the movie wasn't even gonna have that part of it in it because it hadn't happened and mm-hmm. then he got killed and then the family it was so soon that the family didn't want to show that in the movie. The PTSD. So if you remember, the movie doesn't show any of it. It doesn't show him getting murdered. It just shows him getting into a car, and then it cuts to... And there's that really yeah. emotional long scene. A text. Him. Yeah, like which is... real life. Yeah, uh, the real funeral. The motorcade. Which well, would have been the most yeah, powerful it, scene of the whole movie. So, you know, it's... From an insensitive uh, standpoint, it would have been nice okay. to be able to see that, because it would have really been in a, a powerful... Well, I just think it, it plays it really safe, and it, it, it's just basically black and white. He's he's this hero and he saved all these people but it, i don't i don't think it went to the levels it could in terms of what the effect of that is i think it, it played with it a little bit but it could have been and then the whole like as enemy might. sniper thing which gave him you know a bad guy to be pitted against was just kind mm-hmm. of unrealistic and yeah it, you know bi- biopics that take a lot of leeway well, with and reality is and it's glorifying killing well that's why that's why American Hustle's funny, because they have that title card in the beginning of the movie, and it's like, some of this may have happened. <laughs> yeah. They kind of tease the fact that it, it's based on a story, but not really. Um, but Limitless, I thought, was was actually a really clever movie, and it, it, it's okay. It's kind of a run-of-the-mill action movie, but uh, I think the way they, they shot it was really interesting. When when he would take the NZT, and then how, how colorful the movie got, and how everything would really pop and in the pace of the movie got a lot faster uh and and i actually i it's it's very predictable you know where it's 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 gonna go for the most part but uh i i, I was pretty engaged with it what, what did you like about limitless mike yeah i just think it's a fun it is what it is movie you know what you were getting with that you put it on he's gonna take this pill and then he's gonna go on this ride and then at some point it's gonna come to an end so I liked it, and again, mm-hmm. for me, we just talked about this, 05 was Wedding Crashers, he made a bunch of mediocre movies, 09 was The Hangover, made a couple more mediocre movies, and then 2011 was Limitless, and it's like, okay, this is what Bradley Cooper's going to do. Yeah, that, gonna be that's who these, he is. Yeah, 
He's going to be in these pseudo-action thriller movies. He can do this. He's engaging on screen. He has a good job with it. And that's when I was like, okay, this is what this guy is. That's fine. Because this is good. I'll watch another movie like this if he does one of these. And then, again, totally wrong. 2012, he goes in that run. So, uh, But just, just for, for his catalog, it's cool because he hasn't really done a movie like that. That is a pretty straight-up kind of standard action movie that, that is a little different. Like you said, it's shot in a unique way. It's fun. Yeah, what about all that, like, when they when the picture, the, the beginning title sequence where the you were kind of going through each frame and it was, like, rushing and it was like, man, it feels like I'm on mushrooms right now. It's, it's kind of weird little tricks with the camera that they would do, but I, I appreciated it. I thought it was it was fun. Jordan, what about you? What are some shout-outs that you Yeah, I mean, had? you have to talk about The Hangover. It's The Hangover is a funny okay. movie that even at the time, you know, I didn't get all the hype around it. It was one of those movies that everybody was quoting and everyone was talking about. And I thought, yeah, that movie's funny. It was really funny. I liked yeah. it. I'm not putting it up there with the Wedding Crashers, the Superbads, uh, old school, those type of movies. But it's it's a good movie, and you know he plays a main role in it. I think the f- it was almost like people had never seen Zach Galifianakis or a Todd Phillips movie right. before. I guess that was my my why I was like because Todd Phillips has made the uh, road trip and he had old done school. old school he, he had done so it was just like adult men on road trips or in weird scenarios where they're doing drugs and acting a fool and i was like oh this is this is a todd phillips movie and then everyone was like whoa i can't believe this and then zach alfanakis i'd seen him in out cold so i kind of knew this quirky guy you know and i was we like were oh fans of so he's doing up. the same thing yeah yeah, so he's doing his his thing, but then I think it was the first time people had seen him, yeah. so I didn't really get the buzz. But it was it was a funny movie. It's also sure. made worse by The Hangover Part Two and The Hangover Part Three because those movies are atrocious. They're so bad. So but, it kind of it, it pulls yeah, classic, down the whole trilogy. classic less is yeah, more. And I think The Hangover is a mm-hmm. good example of that movie was probably a lot funnier when we were that age, and now that we're older, it's kind of okay. It's, I get why this part's funny, that part's funny, but some of the stuff is a little bit raunchy and kind of silly and stupid. It's not one that I'm throwing on yeah. for a laugh no. because, you know, I, I want to put something on the background and it's a movie that, I you know, is is timelessly funny. Right. It's not Wedding Crashers or Old School where it's still very funny and yeah. you relate to everything. It's got a little bit of a disconnected by just the age we are now. Agreed. It was interesting that all those guys were nobodies and then all of them blew up after that. Cooper was a nobody. Ed Helms was a nobody. He's just... Good for them, yeah. man. It was it was definitely a launching point for a lot of them. But again, something he had to fight to if he really wanted to be a, a true dramatic actor and nominated almost every year for an Academy Award. Something he had to fight mm-hmm. against. Uh, yeah. Any any final thoughts, guys? Those were those were the lists. So I, I pretty much you guys touched on everything that I was going to touch on as well. And any, any final thoughts before we close? The only out final here? thought I would have, and I, I'm I assume we're going to do a podcast at some point on it. But you think Cooper's going to win anything for? Stars born. I think right now he's the front runner. Right, that's what I, I, I have not seen Vice. Vice comes out this weekend. Spoiler alert: We're, we're recording this over the Christmas holiday, but uh, I haven't seen Christian Bale, who we've talked a lot about today on in Vice. But I think he's better than Gosling was in First Man. So I, I right now I haven't seen everything, but he that's my favorite movie this year, and that's my favorite performance this year. Well, I'm going to play you guys out with a little, uh, tell me something, girl. Mike actually prefers Bradley Cooper's part in this song to yep. uh, Lady Gaga's. So Hot take. Nice little tidbit there. But I appreciate you guys coming on, and always a pleasure, and looking forward to next time. Cool? Definitely. See you, man. All right, everybody. Take it easy. Bye.
Thank you. 